Welcome to the Spoiler Alert End Times Podcast. That's a mouthful right right there. It is. I had to slow down and make sure I said it correctly. So, um, (laughs) hey, I'm Pastor Bill. This is Pastor Rob. Hey, everyone. And this is Pastor Guy. Hey, guys. All right. We're here to answer uh, all the questions that you submitted um, over these past weeks during our Spoiler Alert series, all right, by texting the word End Times to 555-888, right? Um, You've heard that a bunch. And um, it's really important that we talk about these questions um, because, well, if we don't ask them, then we can't answer them, and then we can't uh, experience the faith and the joy and the grace and really some important truth that God wants us to uh, uh, get a hold of, right? We can't do that unless we engage in discussions like this. Yeah, no no questions mean no conversation, which then means no learning. Yeah, we don't want to go down that road, do we? No, not at all. Hey, so if you've got more questions, um, well, let me back up one step. If you've got, uh, if you want to learn more information, maybe you didn't catch all the spoiler alert uh, messages over these past weeks. Um, go to foxriverchristian.org and you can check out those past messages. And then, hey, if you've got questions even during this podcast, right, um, man, you can type them into Facebook Live and, and we will even take some of those questions on the fly. Bill will take those questions. Well, <laughs> I'll take them, and then these two will like interrupt me with the correct answer. Okay. Hey, so, hey, with that said, um, we're going to do our best to, to answer these questions. Um, we're, we're, I mean, let's just be honest. There is so much that we don't know. All right. We get, we get a tiny glimpse. We get a tiny revelation, if you will. Um, and, and what God tells us, he wants us to know, right? And we can use our minds and we can put our minds together and we can figure some really, uh, good stuff out for sure, but we don't know everything. And then another quality that we just have to kind of lead off with this. All right. Is man, there are a ton of smart people who love Jesus, who have literally dedicated their lives to, to things like this and they come up with different answers. Okay. Now there is only one answer. We're going to find out what it is in a few years, but, but in the meantime, there, there, there isn't always 100% agreement on these things. All right. Now that can be fun if we handle it properly. Uh, it can be terribly frustrating if we don't keep it in right perspective. So with that said, Guy, what, what do we do when we aren't in 100% agreement? Well, as we, we try to make sure that we always stay on the same page. Very early on, as the church was growing, more leaders were coming on the scene. There were a lot of opinions that were out there. And with growth also came this potential for friction. And so the earliest agreement that we have back in church history was this, that in essentials, there's unity. In non-essentials, we have liberty, yet in all things, we have charity or love. Now, breaking that down a little bit, because sometimes it's like, if it's in the Bible, it's an essential, right? Um, If you think in these three buckets, or if you prefer three categories, if you put these headings over it, you'll be able to pretty much carry the conversation on accordingly. So for um, the essentials, things that we would die for, that would include the resurrection of Jesus, salvation by grace. Second column would be the things that we would defend. Things that we defend would be these matters that we're talking about today. It comes in the theological category of eschatology. Something else might be um, Christian liberties. What exactly are the Christian liberties that we want to emphasize? Romans chapter 14, 15 gives us the principles, but then we have to put the specifics to it. And then the third category would be the things that we discuss, like will PD, my pet goldfish, be in heaven? 
Or <laughs> will there be space exploration when we, you know, in the final new heaven and new earth? So if you think about what is, what's the category we want to put things in? Is it a die for category? Is it a defend category? And pretty much that's what we're talking about today, right? Or mm -hmm. is it just, hey, there's things that's just fun to discuss together? I think that'll help us to keep our conversation not just simply civil, but extremely profitable. No doubt. So that's where we hope to go that's today. Great. So I, that prompted a question. Do you really have a goldfish named Petey? Well, I used to keep piranhas. <laughs> oh, okay. And All if right. you want to know what happened to Petey... Uh. <laughs> I thought did, about, did, did, did we just say that live? Okay. How much of live is live? Hey, it's, it's live. Uh-huh. It's live. Well, <laughs> I, I, I did have piranhas. What's the name yeah. of that, uh, that bird in that movie where the head falls off and like Dumb and Dumber is a PD? Yeah, okay. Anyways, okay. Moving on. All right. So, hey, a bunch of, bunch of good questions. So we've, we've got a bunch um, that, that we're going to uh, answer to the best of our ability, Lord willing, and by God's grace. Um, but let's start off with just... Uh, just, there was a lot of questions, really good questions, and they related. And I'll, I'll read the exact verbiage here as well. Um, but they came in about, you know, what, when is the tribulation? When is the rapture? Things like that. Okay, here's, here's one. Will there be a rapture? When will it be? Or will it occur prior to the tribulation? It will, right? <laughs> um, where is the rapture found in the Bible? We had that too, okay? So I think before we start identifying, hey, when these things will take place according to God's word, it's important that maybe we just kind of discuss what are those things, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to go to our trusty chart. Visuals? Visual All aids. Right. You learned about this awesome. in uh, elementary school. Here we go. Bill is a teacher, teacher by training. And it looks like an artist as well. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I do what I can. I do what I can. Okay. So um, here's a basic um, just timeline of, of kind of where this, this is where we're at right now, our present age. And according to God's word, he says there's going to be a... What is your present age, Bill? My present age is 41. <laughs> all right. All right. So I'm 41. Um Thank you. <laughs> How much do I weigh is the next one. We're moving on. We don't have time for that. Okay. So present age. And then um, there's going to be this period of tribulation. All right. It's going to last seven years. Um, halfway through it, there's going to be a turning point. The first three and a half are going to be different from the next three and a half. But this entire seven years is referred to in scripture as the tribulation. All right. Um, what kicks that off? Guy's going to talk about that in a second, okay? It's called the rapture. Um, but after those seven years, that's when Christ returns, okay? And we've, we've talked about that throughout the Spoiler Alert series, all right? The return of Christ. And the return of Christ not only ends the tribulation time, but it also kicks off this 1,000-year period called the millennium. And that's where Christ rules and reigns physically on the earth, and things are much different there. There's peace there, for example, okay? Um, much different during these thousand years. Um, during that thousand years, you might say, well, how is there peace? Well, because the devil is locked up for those thousand years. He's not allowed to, to do the things that he has been uh, allowed to do, okay? So he's locked up. But at the end of that thousand years, that's when, um, there's so much to say here. This is like a major abbreviation, isn't there? But that's when uh, um, a very large battle comes and Jesus annihilates everyone who hates his guts. That's a good way to say it. All right. 
And then the judgments take place at that time too, which we've talked about throughout the past month, right? And then after that, right, so you've got the present time right now, tribulation, millennium, and then after the judgment, there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. This is at the very, very end of our Bibles, and that is referred to as the eternal age or ages, okay? So that's just a super quick, like, mock 90 overview of this eschatological or last days timeline, okay? So I hope you remember that because I'm about to take this off the screen. Okay. Hey, I really appreciate the picture too, Bill, just to kind of give, you know, perspective and to be able to put things in the order that they go as well. You were talking about the rapture, so not assuming that people would know what that means. Can you just give a little bit of texture to that then? Yeah, yeah. So the rapture is um, is a time where um, Jesus basically um, snatches uh, or takes up the believers um, from the earth. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of background for that. Are God's people reserved for wrath? The answer is no, right? So, so you kind of put these scriptures together. That, that's one of many, by the way. Um, but, uh, but it's a time where Jesus takes his church and he gathers them to himself so that they're removed from uh, the world. Yeah, and assuming that people you know, know about all the things that we're talking about, have I ever told you guys about the first time I heard about Jesus coming again? Now, I'd only been a Christian for you know, just a few months. I'm in church. Again, I'm a brand-new church attender, and I'm sitting. They've got me right up front. Why they put me up front? Maybe just because I was, you know, like, you know, keep his attention right up here. But as Pastor Ralph Martin was preaching along, he just made this statement, and when Jesus comes again, I'm like, I know I heard that right. And I turned to the person who was sitting next to me, and I said, did you hear what he said? Now, and I didn't use my inside voice either. I'm like, did you hear what he said? They turned to me and said, just, you just be quiet. And I'm like, I, what do you mean Jesus is coming again? Which, it, it's kind of interesting, too. They told me to be quiet about that. And I'm like, first time I heard that, I'm like, if Jesus is coming again, you got to tell me more about this. Well, they did settle me down in church, and I caused a little bit of a stir that day. But this matter of Jesus coming again, it mm -hmm. is something that really should excite us, as well as bring just a lot of, um, of, of hope and comfort to us. So that first time I heard about it, I knew I'd never heard that before. Yeah, I imagine a lot of us are in that boat or, or have been in the past. We're just like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? This is, this is some new teaching. Like, is that what, real? Like, yeah. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, let's let's kind of dovetail off that just for a second. Don't want to get us off track here too much. But uh, somebody asked a really good question. Is the word rapture actually in the Bible? And we could say no. Not in English, for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, where does it come from then? Guy, I think you're you're definitely probably the best person to answer this. So we're talking about a transliteration here, aren't we? Mm -hmm. That's and, part of the answer, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the word is actually a Greek word that just got pulled over to the English. Mm -hmm. And it means to be caught up. Really, really interesting fact that uh, Bill had brought up just as we were kind of setting up here today. The first time that we see it used is actually concerning Jesus himself. So if you can finish that one, Bill. Yeah, yeah. So in Acts chapter 1, right, Jesus is, is literally saying the last things that he says to his followers um, right before he is 
raptured or I think the Greek word, I, don't quote me on my pronunciation, but it's like parezo or mm-hmm. something really close to that. Um, but he is, Jesus is literally raptured away from them. And, uh, and then afterwards, two angels show up to the disciples because they're like, like, Whoa. I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Where did he go? <laughs> Where did he go, right? And, and, and the angel says to him, um, hey, don't look up there so surprised. Heavy paraphrase, by the way. Um, he's going to come back in the same way in which you saw him go. So uh, it, it's very interesting that we see uh, that language. Um, but then just in, in general, the, the rapture is not something that we see um, explicitly laid out like this is what the rapture is you know Jesus doesn't teach a section on hey this is what the rapture is this is exactly what it is this is exactly he didn't do that we've over the centuries as a church and we I think we talked about this a few weeks ago um, it's it's a an area of theology which we've been able to stand on the shoulders of theologians and and church folk that have gone before us and we're just able to 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 build right ants don't do this all right, ants don't get smarter over generations, but by God's grace, people can. And that's this is one of the areas of theology that we've been able to just kind of figure things out with much more clarity um, in, in uh, you know, scholarly research and, and sharpening and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff. Um, Christine wants to know, what happens to Christians during the tribulation? Hmm. What do we have to say about that? It's a great question. Yeah. Who's going to take it? Let me start out with All that. Right. Okay. Um, because you're going to go. On the, on the first hand, referring to Bill's charts, those that are part of the church right now, Christians, we who are here, are raptured out. We will not go into the tribulation. So then the immediate question would be, like, so there's no Christians in the tribulation? The answer to that is absolutely not, because there is an incredible evangelization that is going to take place actually beginning in the Jewish nation and through the Jewish nation, and there will be a witness for God, though heavily persecuted all throughout that seven-year time period, that will be faithful to Jesus, the martyrs, how do you say this? Sadly, unfortunately, I mean, they are going to continue to stack up as they are literally put to death for Jesus with others stepping into their place. It is not a time that any, um, that anyone that is, um, you know, connected with God showing light is going to be able to go through unscathed. Yeah. And like you said, guy, in the beginning too, like, like Jesus is going to uh, snatch the believers out. He's going to gather them to himself. Um, so at moment number one, will there be any Christians at the beginning of the tribulation? It's like, no. But you know what? There's a lot of people who know, like maybe some of us uh, listening right now and, and participate in this conversation together, um, that, that haven't crossed that line of faith. We, we maybe believe in Jesus, but we haven't trusted him yet. And there's a lot of people in that boat. When the rapture happens, if it happens like we think it's going to, a lot of people, I can imagine myself, if I was somebody like that, um, I would say, oh, my goodness, it's all true. I believe now. So moment number one, right, no believers. But moment number two, if you can parse those two, um, man, there's going to be a lot of people like, oh, man, what God said in his word is true. What I heard my crazy uncle talking about is true, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah, and so, unfortunately, though, yeah. Bill, um, some of us would think, hey, I can just put off um, my decision for Jesus until the rapture comes. But the Bible's pretty clear about this, that there is going to be a great deception or a great lie that goes out there. So thinking, well, when I see this happen, then I'm going to trust Christ. You have already bought into a deception, and there is a high indication of the Scripture that most people that know and reject now 
going in will believe that lie and unfortunately then will continue believing that lie all the way until the um, until the end which will not end well for them so it yeah. sounds like it'd be much harder to believe at that point than it is even probably right now. For the person that's rejecting light right now, that would be that would be true. Absolutely. When the yeah. Spirit of God is at work, though, again, in the Jewish people, fulfilling these promises of God, um, there's going to be this brand new Pente- Pentecost work that's taking place. So mm-hmm. it will be amazing to watch from the grandstands. That's awesome. Hey, Rob, let's go to you with this next question. All right. All right. good. So... Um, Somebody asked this, this exact words here, is it our works or through grace that we will be in heaven with Jesus? Wow, this is one of those essentials, I would say, put it right up there, right, that we were talking about before. So this is something that's probably being asked for a very, well, it's obviously being asked for a very good reason, for clarity, because we need to be very clear that, that it's by grace and grace alone that a person is saved. That's how they have their sins forgiven, by receiving, by believing, by putting their faith and their trust in Jesus. We know that from a couple of passages. One of the most familiar ones is in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, which makes it very clear that it's not by works, that it's actually by that grace, and when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, that's how we're saved. So the whole talk about works, if you remember even from this last week, was that we're going to stand before Jesus, though, and we're going to give an account. One of the problems is, is, is that's called judgment, the Bema Seat judgment. And so we preload that word judgment oftentimes to be a really horrific thing. Yeah, kind of like, I don't want to go through a judgment. And so we need to understand this is an examination of our works. And it does not determine whether you're going to be in heaven or not. That's already been settled. This is after that's been settled. And so the works do not get us to heaven. What they do is they are examined to see what we've done in this lifetime so that we can receive the rewards that Jesus wants to give to us. That's great, Rob. I I like the way you really explain it. It's easy for... um for me to cross-pollinate sometimes in a bad way, you know? It's, it, but a lot of times when, when God is telling us this truth in Scripture, we have to remember, okay, like you said, it's already been settled, right? I right, mean, yeah, exactly. I've already been saved from the penalty of sin by believing unto Jesus Christ. So, so that's settled. Let's move on to something else. And there's, there's not always that, that, that uh, continuity like we would think, right? Sometimes they are kind of separate things. So I, I love the way you, you brought that out, Rob. That was really, really good. Thanks, brother. All right. Um, guy, someone's doing their research. We've got a tough question for you. So here we go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Why are we not being taught about the fig tree generation? There you go. Probably the standing joke around here would be this, that it is possible for me to over-answer any question that I'm given at any time. I think Rob says that. I yeah, don't yeah. think I say he says that. About, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that I'm one is, and that's brevity, literally set up. Brevity. Yeah, that's the tee ball. I mean, that's the ball on top of the tee right now. I'm standing in, in front of me. As I've talked to a couple of friends, it, it, I will get right back to the question, Bill, promise. Um, it is... Um, it's a bummer that we don't have um, even more opportunity in this series to talk about some of these matters of eschatology that can be really interesting and um, impactful to our lives at the same time. We had to narrow ourselves down to four that affects every single one of us 
and God tells us that these um, need to have impact on our lives right now. Also, the reason that we have our advanced biblical studies is for questions of this nature. Um, I can give a surface um, you know, answer to it right now, but really to be able to dig into it and to understand some of the idio uh, or the um, intricacies, almost said idiosyncrasies, the, the, um, um, the, the finer points of what is being asked right this, um, it takes a little bit of digging, and we want to encourage each and every person Join us for the advanced biblical studies because it is going to make a difference as you just continue to grow in your knowledge that way. So if I understand the question, and again, that's the limitation of getting something over a text that way, um, why aren't we being taught about the fig tree generation? Uh, the term fig tree generation um, would refer to the generation that is at the very end times and it ends, and according to your picture, Bill, it's the generation that's going to take a person to the rapture and into the tribulation. The scripture that is often referred to with regards to this is in Matthew chapter 24. And in Matthew 24, we have a number of twists and turns that Jesus takes us on. Um, the chapter starts out, um, Jesus is asked a question by his disciples. Hey, can you tell us what is going to happen and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? They were asking, hey, Jesus, when are you going to set up your kingdom that we're going to be a part of right here, overthrow the Roman government? Jesus answered their question in a way that they um, had yet to be able to comprehend. He went to the very end and began talking about what it will be like um, going through the tribulation up to that point of his second coming, not to be confused with the rapture. He then makes a pivot, and one of the reasons he's told them these things is because he knows later when the Holy Spirit comes, he will help them to understand and begin to put these pieces into place. In verse 32, he makes this pivot. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. And he begins to talk about now the importance of an awareness of living with the eminent return of him, meaning Jesus could come back at any time. And that's the New Testament truth that continues to get carried through. Anytime Jesus could come. And he takes the rest of the chapter and deals with that. The next chapter, as he continues on, he then moves right back into this present age talking about the kingdom of God. So, why aren't we talking about the fig tree generation? We can, we can identify what the fig tree generation is, but knowing exactly when it is, that becomes the challenging part from the scripture here, even with all of the um, historical pieces we can put together. Um, I will tell you, I believe wholeheartedly, we are in the end times. But I don't know if we are in the very end, end times. And one of the questions that gets uh, referenced in this was, well, what about Israel? Israel is now a nation and everything has been fulfilled. But when God speaks here of Israel as a nation, he talks of the spiritual revival that's happened. That's different than them simply becoming a nation, but it's actually them coming back to God, and that is that new, I refer to it as the, that new Pentecost that begins at the tribulation. Yeah, absolutely. So 
uh, follow-up questions on that, guys? I mean, that was just like, uh, like kind of a fire hose of information. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot, but I mean, I think just one of the things you brought out, guy, was it's there, there's just so much. I mean, we said at the beginning, right? There's just so much we don't know. The things that we do know, right? Matthew 24, it's like, oh man, I mean, it is truly just fascinating. I can't, I can't imagine sitting at Jesus' feet or walking with him as he teaches. It's like just hanging on every word, right? 2,000 years later, we're just hanging on every word. And, and it's so easy just to do what we've been doing our whole lives, right? Is to take something, right? It's not a bad thing, right? But you grab a hold of something, you say, oh man, this, this fits, or I think I know it. I mean, there's a reason there's trials, right? To figure out the full truth. You don't just go with, oh, I think I got it, you know? Uh, and not to say not pointing fingers at anybody, but, but it, it, takes, it takes a lot to find out what's going on. So, so I appreciate you explaining that, Guy. Um, and uh, man, it's exciting stuff. So, and I hope it invites us into more conversation. Right. Um, like I said, uh, a simple answer. There is, when you give a simple answer to a complex question, everybody leaves frustrated. But when you start a conversation and continue it, that's when um, really good things happen. And again, I'll take you right back to join us for advanced biblical studies because a lot of those conversations get the, the in-depth treatment that they deserve, as well as sidebars before church, after church, because I love those as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, man, just so much to say. Uh, okay, yeah. Next question. Next question. All right. <laughs> Um, Pastor Rob, I'd love to, to throw this one your way as well. Um, so some, sometimes we're, we're at weekend service and, and we're hungry for something. Just, oh, I hope, I hope Pastor Rob or Pastor Guy or Pastor Bill, I hope they talk about repentance this week. And, and we get to the end of the message and we're kind of like, oh, I don't think he mentioned it. Why didn't he mention it? Okay, so, so why don't we talk about repentance like every weekend explicitly, that exact word? How can we don't bring that out? Um, and then a second question kind of attached to it is, uh, how is repentance important uh, in conversion? You know, going from a non-Christian to somebody who has believed and trusted in Jesus Christ to save them. Well, repentance is definitely an important important piece of of really our faith right and coming to christ and so you will see it and um you'll see jesus link it when he's when he's telling people to to turn really that's what repentance means is to turn from the direction you're going so if you're going down a path of destruction repentance is a turning back from that and so you'll even see it tied with belief and sometimes even so tightly that you will only see jesus mention one of them even himself so i guess it's not just us preachers who don't don't include it in every conversation but jesus actually didn't include it in every conversation about salvation but that doesn't mean that it's not important because really when you come to a place where you understand that you need forgiveness you also have to understand somewhat at least of the gravity of your sin and so there are passages where he is as strong as even saying that you need to repent so that you will not perish well that's because of the destructive nature of sin because if you never come to that point where you realize that you are rejecting the light as we've mentioned that's the thing that needs to happen is coming to that place where you accept that you are a sinner and that you need forgiveness a lot of times we see that accepting that I'm a sinner is that repentance. So the word may not be exactly the same, but it's definitely an understanding of, you know what, I, I need to repent. 
and I need to, to change that direction, now what can happen is we can fall into this, if not in our own lives as we look at others. That is, if there's a full repentance, a full turning from sin, we'd be perfect at that point, wouldn't we? I mean, yep. honestly, we would never sin again. And so we know that we're going to fall short even in that turning because sometimes we'll turn right back around and go back to those places. doesn't mean that we're not saved anymore because then it's going to be based back on what we're talking about. It's not based on, and that is a work. And so repentance key part. It's an important part for a person to come to that knowledge of Jesus as well. So you just said as much, but I just want to zero in on something. So is repentance just for unbelievers who are becoming believers, or is it also for believers who have already been believers? How, how relevant is repentance or this turning or changing of one's mind? How relevant is that for anybody? So initially for salvation, for an unbeliever, obviously. But I can, as a believer, continue to go back to sin, and I need to turn away from it again. It's a choice that, that I make. A lot of times we think of it as confessing, right? Because we know when we confess our sins, that means that we've recognized the gravity of it. And so that's an ongoing thing as well for even a believer, not just an, an unbeliever, but, but somebody who's already trusted Christ. We need to go back to him. Not because he's going to hold on to our sins and hold them against us, but because that relationship is strained anytime we sin against God, even as a believer. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, um, I know you guys definitely have a gift of teaching, and so you want to get all that you know, packed in there, but um, it, repentance becomes one of the most practical things for us. I can think of a couple times just the last um, week or two with me. Um, There's something Denise said to me, and I just held on to it. And it didn't go good for the relationship that way, and I needed to repent of my holding on to this in pride. Um, things just get really busy and I'm going along in the week and I can find myself, I think it was like, I'm doing the work of God without God. As crazy as that would sound, right? But I just, I, when I realized that, it's like, now I'm, I'm acting independent of God. And that's something I need, needed to repent of. And that repentance makes, I can tell you, a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Might be too late to apologize, like that song, right? Actually, it's never too late to apologize. It's never too late to repent. Back to you, Bill. That's me. Okay, anyways. Okay, so that was stupid. D disregard. Scratch that from the record. Um, okay. It's live, Bill. It's live, no right? You can't take it back. All right. What is the significance? Here's a question that came in. What is the significance <laughs> of the four horses in Revelation? I think we find them in, in Revelation 6, verses 1 through 8 in particular. What's, what's the significance of these four horsemen of the apocalypse? <laughs> All right, who wants to tackle that one? No, I, I swear okay. that my wife probably put this in here, okay? I know she didn't, but she loves horses, and this is her proof that there will be horses in heaven, Bill, right here, yeah, okay? Right. And that horses are Jesus' favorite even because that's Clearly. that's what he chooses to, to come riding in on, right? A white horse. So, yeah. yes, there are known, um, really, the—I mean, there's horses— throughout throughout revelation that you will see okay right. but probably the question is being asked because of the four horsemen of yeah, the apocalypse absolutely yeah so basically what you will see is you'll see um that that as the tribulation begins the first part of the tribulation we're going to see that there are four horsemen and each of them bring some sort of destruction along yeah. with them yeah. death 
even says in Hades is following him. Even so, the mm. the horses there are not something that you want to see. It might make a good movie, yeah. but not something that you want to see happening because that means the end is near. Are you saying those are literal literal horses there? Literal horses? Yeah, those are literal. Little old horses? You <laughs> no, <say>? literal. <laughs> is that what you're like, saying? Like I'm just pony, trying to figure out what like you're saying there. My little pony yeah. thing? Like, yeah, like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, they might be. It could be. Don't they might know. be. Okay. There might be a pale one, and a, you know, a white one, and a, a red one, a black, and a one. black one, and yes. a pale one, and then right. another white one in verse, you know, chapter nineteen. And yeah, anyway, okay, <laughs> cool. All right, so you don't want to see those horses. I mean, that that's that's you my takeaway. You don't want to see the destruction. Yeah, no, you I don't agree. want to be a part of the tribulation. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of judgments coming. Right, some are delivered by horses, some are bulls. You got trumpets, you got seals that are broken. You got all this judgment happening. And uh, man, you just you just don't want to be on the receiving end of those judgments. That's why it's all the uh, all the more important just to to be found in Christ. Like turn to Christ, repent. You know, like we were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So remember those three categories. Yeah. Die for. Yep. Defend. Discuss. And the discuss side. So if there's horses in heaven, do they clean up after themselves? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it wouldn't be heaven if they didn't. So. Ah, that's right. Maybe. The, yeah, never mind. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's just so much. It's just, I got to shut this down. Okay. Um, hey, guy, will God erase my memories um, from, like, for example, of, of family members that, that, man, I wish they were here, but they're not here in heaven? Is God going to erase those memories? I, it feels like, man, if he doesn't, there's going to be a certain measure of torment. Like, I'm just going to live with. They're not here, and I wish they were, that sort of thing. How, how would you respond to that question? It's a very good one. I think it's a great question, yeah. Bill. And when we talk about um, spending eternity with God, we spend them as ourselves. In other words, um, you don't stop being you when you get to heaven. You are made up of all of your memories. Each of us are. So will we have selective memory reduction when we get to heaven? There is no indication of that at all. What we do have is that God says he will help us in sanctifying each and every one of the aspects that we went through on earth, and then at such time, he will then wipe away every tear because um, going into heaven, there will be things that, um, that are heartbreaking for some, and God is going to, in some way, be able to give us grace to be able to deal with that without causing us to stop being us. Thank you. Um, hey, so here, here's a question. Like, uh, It's, it's kind of related, right? Because who's, who's going to be in heaven? Um, how will I know if my family members won't be in heaven or will be in heaven? Um, uh, a straight answer to that is we, we don't know right now. Um, um, but God does, all right? So it's those who have expressed faith in Jesus Christ, who've, who believe in him, who trust him to save, right? Um, but that leads way to this question, which somebody asked. Uh, what if I die with sins that I haven't repented from? Am I still going to go to heaven? All right, so how, how, do, how do we feel that one? I think we all have some thoughts on that. What do you think then, Bill? Well, I, I would... I would first say this, you know, so many of the questions that I ask, um, uh, I don't realize it, but I'm assuming I'm loading stuff into it. Okay. And, and I'm telling you, I've asked this question before I have. <laughs> so when I asked this question, I assumed that you can repent of all of your sins 
right? So, so what if I don't, you know? Um, I think that's a bad assumption. Is there anybody who dies with every sin that they've ever committed and they repented of it? And I would say, no, there's nobody like that. You know, everyone who sins and, and, and they die, they're not going to be able to like acknowledge all of them, remember all of them, um, let alone repent from all of them. I mean, that's, that's just, that's a lot to, to do. I mean, there's only so much my human. I can't even remember milk and eggs from the grocery store. There's no way I'm going to remember all of that. So, so it's just, I thank God for that grace. So how does a person go to heaven or not go to heaven? What is that based off of? It's, and we've said it a few times. We're just going to say it again. It's based off of belief and trust in Jesus, that repentance, that changing of your mind, that turning, right, from, from unbelief to belief in Jesus. And, and he saves us by grace through that faith that we just mentioned. That's what is the, 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 the criteria for saving faith and whether a person will be in heaven or not. So if I have unrepented sins, um, as everyone does upon their physical death, um, what that means is, uh, one way, there's a few ways we can go with this, um, and then I'll stop so other people can chime in. <laughs> I feel myself going on a, a sermon rant here, okay? So, um, but what unrepentant sin does in the life of a believer is it, it removes them from fellowship with God, okay? We, we see it expressed in Scripture a few different ways. Grieving the Holy Spirit is one of those ways, okay? But when we're out of fellowship with Christ, when we're not abiding, when we're not connected to Him, um, that's not the place that He would have each of His children uh, be, so how, if we're out of fellowship, if we're not repentant of sins, how do we get back? And it's through 1 John 1, verse 9, where he says uh, he's faithful and just to forgive us, our, right? Confess our sins. I got to pull out. If we yeah. confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive, forgive us our sins yep. and cleanse us or purify us of all unrighteousness. And that brings us back into fellowship. I think that's the heart of what's going on here, and it needs to be addressed um, we're talking about fellowship with unrepented sins mm-hmm. for Christians versus, um, hey, am I still am I still in the family, God? Am I still going to heaven? You know, so yeah. You guys have any, anything to add? I'd, oh, it's good. All right, I think you're the, the fears, right? It's a it, there can be fear in the question, like, hey, I know I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. and I'm really concerned about that, being aware of it. The great assurance Jesus gives is, um, you have been forgiven. You don't get to heaven because of making sure that you have covered all of your bases along the way, you have been forgiven. Now, the fact that you're as aware of your imperfections as you are, then let that be something just to keep with a tender heart toward God rather than a fear um, for God that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think grace is a dangerous thing, right? It's just like, okay, we're saved by grace, but I got to repent of all my sins or I'm not going to heaven, right? Uh, I got to receive, even during COVID-19, I got to receive anointing of the sick. All right. I, I grew up and I was taught that. Right. And if you don't, then man, purgatory bound you are. You know, it's, it's just like, you know, if you, if you stick to that, what Jesus teaches, you're saved by grace, you know, um, through faith. If you stick to that, it's like, man, I mean, all of a sudden, all these fears, like that was a great word, guy. All these fears that we have, they're just like, you know what? They become non-issues. If we truly subscribe and just hold on to with desperation, this God you saving by grace is not nothing I did, you know? So, yep. Saved by grace, live in the Spirit, obedient to the Holy Spirit, His promptings in your life. We will do well that way. Yeah. 
Awesome. Hey, here's a. Oh, sorry, guy. Nope. Guy, Rob, you guys are good. Oh, I shouldn't touch you. Social distancing. I apologize. Okay. I just, I, it's tough. You guys ever do that? Like, oh, man, I can't do that. Okay. So um, Mary asks, uh, this is on Facebook Live, just, just came in, Mary, hot off the wire. Um, why do the elderly have to suffer so much? All right. Uh, Mary is watching her mother and, um, and pr- is praying that her mother dies peacefully with a lot of suffering, right? Um, she said, my heart is ripped out watching her suffer. Uh, and she's also, after we answer the question, um, she's asking that we, we pray for Mary and uh, those caring, caring as well. So how would we answer that one? Why, why do the elderly suffer so much or just suffering in general? Why? What's going on with that? I think one of the most difficult things with COVID is the separation that people have had um, with each other in the hospital for those that are in um, situations like that. When a person has consciousness and they're like, I'm just old and I'm ready to die and go to heaven, and they're wondering, God, why? You know, like, why are you just keeping me here? Um, my grandma asked me that question and for, it just really took me back. And she's like, I don't have any more reason to be here. And it just dawned on me. And I was able to tell this is my grandma, Con. I said, um, you know, grandma, it may not be for you right now, but it certainly is for me because of the things that I'm learning from you and of love and just the perspective of life as well. So as long as you have purpose, which you certainly have right now, as difficult as it is, um, I think that is one of the reasons, and I can't speak for all the reasons that God might, um, you know, might um, continue to have the elderly as long as they are with us, but it's a good thing and it's something that we wanna honor too as a part of the sanctity of life. And the more that we lean into that, it's like, wait, that, that means, and there's so many more you know, important lessons that come from it as a result of that, rather than, hey, I just want a real quick exit out of here, you know, painless, pain-free. It's, it's really not what a um, broken world offers to us. You know, Guy, in that same light, I think of, of Paul, who, who both suffered greatly, but he also got to see heaven. And so he talks about this tension that he was in that whole time that he was yeah. on this earth. He said this, he said, for me to live is Christ. In other words, it's an opportunity to help others come to see Christ in me, even in suffering and especially in suffering, because we get to be like Jesus in that because he suffered and our sufferings don't compare to his by any means. Um, but then he hit the other side of it and he says, after he said, for me to live is Christ, he said, but to die is gain. And yeah. so there is a gain that takes place for the believer because they get to be in the presence of Jesus at that point. Mary, we have been praying for you because we've seen that request and, and we'll continue to pray as well. Yeah. Let's just take a moment now and pray for Mary's mom, but also all of those who are suffering as well. Yeah. God, thank you for today. And, um, God, thank you for, gosh, this sounds so weird. We, we just trust you in your word when we say just crazy stuff like this. But God, we thank you for suffering. We thank you for it, Lord, because you suffered before us. Mm-hmm. And by faith, right, because certainly the, the cells in my body, um, they don't agree with w- what we're talking about right now. But God, you say in your word that, that it's good to suffer mm-hmm. with you and for you and, and like you. So God, we just... We just thank you out of faith for that. 
um, help Mary's mom to, um, again, this just sounds weird, but to suffer well. God, I pray that she Mm -hmm. leans on you. I pray for Mm -hmm. everyone else, uh, Lord, that's sick and suffering, the elderly in particular, Lord, that they would lean on you like never before and they would find you faithful. God, I pray for, for all of those, right? Because suffering just doesn't affect the person who's going through it, but, but the family and friends and, and really, honestly, the community of people that surround that person and mm-hmm. are involved, yep. even in their care. So God, we pray for them that their eyes might also uh, be fixed on you, Jesus, mm-hmm. the author and the perfecter, finisher, or completer of our faith, God. I pray that somehow, some way, people's strength would not be uh, would not suffer their faith. Their body might suffer, but their faith wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, in, in fact, it might uh, it might be grown and it might benefit and it might be built up during this tough time. Lord, continue to supply us with your grace. Mm-hmm. Lord Jesus, according to your will, we pray. Amen. 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 Cool. Yep. All right. Rebecca asks, hey, do you believe the Revelation 12 sign has been fulfilled, specifically in 2017? The Revelation 12 sign. Now, I'm personally unfamiliar with that. So am I. So, uh, yeah, let's 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 just on the fly. Let's um, let's see. I'm assuming Revelation chapter 12, and maybe we'll. That's what become, it sounds like. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Specifically in 2017, is this a blood moons thing? I remember something a couple of years ago. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what we're talking about here. Um, Revelation 12. Hmm. Let's see what we got. If I'm reading it right, it says, then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to war against the rest of her offspring, those who kept God's commandments and hold fast uh, their testimony about Jesus. So I believe the situation that we have there refers to um, deep into, remember when you had your sign up, uh, your um, chart up their bill, it would be that second half of the tribulation, the great tribulation. Mm-hmm. So if that's the question we're asking, and if Revelation twelve seventeen, if we're trying to timeline it, mm-hmm. it would be in the worst part of the tribulation that this event's taking place. All right. So the woman might be Israel? Yes. All right. And she gave birth to the Messiah, which, you know, Someone tried to take his life, right? The dragon. And now the dragon's going after the offspring of, right? So the, the, the nation of Israel at that point in the second half of the tribulation. Is that fair? Okay, cool. So has that taken place in 2017? No. I agree. No. Guy, what do you think? I'm with you guys. Okay, cool. All right. Um, Connie says, thank you. We should do this every month. <laughs> Hey Connie, if you're cooking, we can we can make it happen. Okay, <laughs> we can we can we can figure something out. What tiramisu, are you cooking? Yeah, extra espresso. Oh, tiramisu okay. sounds good to me. I'm in then. Bill. Homemade pizza, like grilled cheese, tomato soup. Let's get PBs there. You know. All right. All right. Anyways, um, hey, uh, that's gonna be it for our time together today. Before your wrap up, Bill, just yeah. to be able to put that, you know, if you are um, trying to again make sense of the end times, one of the easiest things to do is confusing the church and Israel and making the church become Israel in the book of Revelation. And when you do that, um, things become very, very confusing and God is not completing the promises that he had made um, to the nation of Israel. So that's one of the reasons why it's just as important as it is to be able to be clear, especially with that, again, that really helpful chart that you did earlier, Bill, which um, puts the church in its perspective. And then here's where God fulfills um, his promise to Israel. 
hope that it, I hope that will also help um, serve people well as they look a little bit further in the end times and carry on these conversations. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's all the time we got. In uh, the end, in the end, who wins? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. That's I'm going with Rob's answer on that one. It's really important, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah, and it is. Times, I mean, when you're trying to figure it out, but in the yeah. end, um, it's really, really clear. The Bible ends with those words, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, and then now may the grace of Jesus be with each and every one of us. Amen. That's end times perspective we need to continue to carry each day um, as we're going through our lives. No doubt. Hey, if you still got questions, in fact, maybe you're like me and in discussions like this, they, they, uh, they spur on even more questions than you had in the first place, right? So if that's the case, hey, continue to ask them, all right, continue to have discussions. Um, this is great. Continue to dive in and research and, and, and just let's do those things together. All right. As a church and maybe even every month, you know, we just have an official five minutes where we all track down Pastor Guy, trap him in a corner and ask him, you know, tons, tons of questions or something. So um, that's great. Um, listen, we want to we're going to spend more time with you in the future. So you stay tuned. Right. FoxRiverChristian.org. And um, man. Just good stuff, right? So I think that's it for now, though. All right. What do you guys think? Yeah. yeah. All Bless, right. Blessings and thanks for being with us. Take care, everyone. See you this weekend. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.